then Wednesday, Sunday next week. Praise God. But if you have your Bibles, I, wanna, I want you to go ahead, if you would. Let's turn to Matthew chapter 6. I'm going to take up the morning tithe and offering. Matthew chapter 6, verse 19. And it says, Do not lay up for yourself treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy, and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven, where neither the moth nor rust destroy, and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. And you know, and I love this scripture, and, I, and, it, and it seems like it's a, it's a very practical uh, a very practical thing that Jesus himself is saying, where, where your heart is, is where your treasure will be. And I, I tell you, you know, throughout life, I, I can look at, you know, you know, I can tell a lot by my, by my own motives when, when, when uh, you know, when, I, when I'm able to examine my heart. And Jesus says, you know, where your heart will be, if you have a kingdom mindset and you're, and you're, kingdom, you're kingdom minded, your heart is attached to that. If it's, if it's attached to earthly things and material things, your heart is attached to that. And so, you know, even, even in my own life, and I've seen it happen, you know, e- even in our own growth, in our ministry, w- as we become more kingdom-minded, you, know, uh, you know, our focus begin to shift. Our, um, you know, that we were beginning to lay up treasures. We were laying up treasures in, in heaven. Amen. So, so even today, as you're preparing your tithe and offering, you know, just, just thank God. Thank God. Thank God that, you know, that you have a kingdom mindset, you know, and that, you know, even even in areas in your own life, you know, maybe there's something that, you, you know, that that's blocking you from completely full on having a kingdom mindset. Ask God to reveal it to you. You see, God does that. You know, it's it's understand it's not just a responsibility for us to preach the word, but but God, the Holy Spirit does that. And he brings things to people's remembrance. Amen. But you know what? I'm thankful. I'm thankful that I'm looking at a church that's storing up. That's storing up treasures in heaven. Amen. Amen. Praise God. So let's go ahead and get ready to give. Ushers, if you guys would go ahead and uh, give out an offering slip this morning. Praise God. If you need one. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray over the offering. Bless the offering. Father, I thank you, Lord, for today. I thank you, Lord, for... I, I, I thank you, Lord, that even, even through uh, these last months, Lord, that, Father, things are beginning to turn around, not only for the, the business owners in here, but, Lord, for people that are working. Father, that, you know, Lord, as they're faithful, as, as, Lord, as they're faithful to do what you've asked them to do, Father, your word says that it will not come back void. So, Father, I thank you for blessing your church and blessing your congregation. And, Lord, we thank you today that, Lord, that, God, you've called us to have a kingdom mindset. And, Lord, that, God, even today, that we're laying up not, not treasures on earth, but treasures in heaven, even through our giving, in Jesus' mighty name, in Jesus' name, amen. Go ahead, guys. Thank you. Praise God. And if you're joining us online, you can also, there's three ways you can give. You can go to kingscathedralonlinegiving.org, and um, you can give by credit card, debit card, and uh, you can also mail and check text to giving. We're going to be making a change in that, so I need to actually pull that down. But, um, but uh, you can also give online, and we're thankful for the people that, uh, that have given online. We've had people do that, and if you're watching today, uh, you know, please contact us if you, if you give. I, I want to make sure, you know, we, uh, we're able to, co- to, to, to be in touch with you, and uh, so we can give thanks to that as well. Amen. Praise God. Happy Sunday. Good morning. Guys are awfully quiet this morning. Good morning. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) Happy Pentecost Sunday. I'm going to start out just a little bit uh, about what Pentecost was, but then I'm going to uh, talk just uh, this morning about the key to your miracle, the key to your miracle. But before we get started, I want to pray over the service and pray over the, the word that's going forth. Father, I thank you for your word. I thank you for what you've laid on my heart. I thank you for uh, just putting in me just even a a new focus around this area. I pray that there will just be life that goes forth from this word into people's spirits, into their hearts. Lord, that it finds good soil, that it gets rooted. I pray, Father, for a mighty harvest and a return to come back on this word, just like your word says, that you watch over your word to perform it. And as you do, I pray that that we are obedient and willing, Father, to make sure we're doing our part, that we are excelling in everything that you have called us to do. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. 
Now this morning, uh, before we get started, I want you to get a piece of paper or get your phone or something to jot notes or write, write things down on because as we're going through this, I want you to write down. Uh, on Wednesday, we handed paper that had to deal with the Pentecost offering and it had like... 10 slots on there for you to to attach your faith to what you're believing for when you sow your seed well I want you to begin to write down what are you believing for right now what in your life are you believing for what have you been praying about or maybe you haven't been praying about but you should pray about what are things that you know you maybe you've just kind of let things go by the way wayside just let things happen but you're thinking I need to attach some prayer to that. I need to, I need to not be so lazy around that thing, not be so complacent, and I need to, like, tackle that thing in my life and get that done. So I want you to start writing down things as I'm preaching this morning about what I'm believing for in my life. What are some prayer points that I'm believing for? And we're going to talk this morning about how we can uh, make those things happen quickly through our faith and through seed. But as you're uh, writing down or thinking, you know, it doesn't have to be all right now, but even as I'm preaching, if something comes to you, write it down. Write it down. But Pentecost, just as a, a quick um, understanding, Pentecost was a celebration in the Old Testament that the Jewish people, the Israelites, would celebrate every year. This was done uh, 50 50 uh, days after their first fruits. Their first fruits were a time whenever the, the, the barley would come on, the wheat would come on, and they would begin to harvest the very first fruit of their crop. And they would bring in the first fruit from their harvest, and they would bring it together. That's why three times a year he would tell them to, to bring it to the storehouse, bring it to the temple, and, and we have a celebration over these things. Now, the first fruit, what's interesting is... The the first fruit is the very first of what you gather from your harvest. So if you think about it, a job, let's take a, a business, for instance. If you're opening a business and, and the very first job that you get, uh, you know, that would be like your first fruits. That would be like the, the very first that comes into your business. And so if you think of it in modern terms, in today's terms, that would be like I'm taking the, the profit of what I got there, the harvest of what I've gotten, I'm going to sow it back into the kingdom of God to watch him give me a harvest for this year. So the first fruits was the very first of the crop that came in. They would bring it to the temple. They would offer it and they would be trusting in God for a harvest that year. You know, it's very tempting to keep the first fruits for ourselves, isn't it? It's like the, the very first thing. Yes, it's my first paycheck. Yes, it's my first uh, of what has come in. And, and, you know, we want to, it's like if you go plant a garden, how many gardens? Gardeners, do I have? Okay, yeah. All right. <laughs> I won't go too deep in the gardening area today then. <laughs> but in the in the gardening world, you know, if you plant the seed and if you raise that thing and the and the fruit comes on, the tomato comes on, the peppers come on, the lettuce comes up, whatever it is, it's like yes, and you're excited about eating that that first bit that comes out of the garden. And you're like, yes, fresh garden tomatoes. I don't buy them at the store where they're underripe, but instead I'm gonna get fresh tomatoes because fresh tomatoes from the garden have a completely different taste to them than the ones that are store bought. They're just better. But it's like you want you want that taste, but the first fruits were to go to God. Now, they would count off 50 days from that first fruit to Pentecost. And Pentecost was when they would come, it was after the harvest. So it was the, you had, during those 50 days, they were harvesting the rest of their crop. And they would come together, they would celebrate, and they would bring an offering. So this is after the harvest. But what's interesting, in order for them to get the harvest, what did they have to do? They had to plant. That's right. And then the first fruits, they planted a seed into the kingdom of God. They planted their first fruit into the kingdom of God. They gave a seed offering, believing that, Lord, we thank you that the harvest is going to be good this year, that the rest of what comes in is going to be good. It's not going to be eaten. It's not going to be taken out by, by uh, you know, Locust, thank you. I just kept seeing roaches in my in my head, not locusts. <laughs> and I 
that's not right. Roaches don't eat the, the plants. But locusts, and you're, you're going to keep the, the storms from demolishing our crop. So it's a, a belief and an understanding that as we plant, we reap a harvest. So what does that have to do with our lives? It has a lot to do with our lives because everything gets started with a seed. Everything gets started with a seed. Even in the beginning, in Genesis, he gave to Adam, he gave to man plants, seed-bearing plants or fruits. Everything had a seed. Why? Because we're not living today off of the trees from the Garden of Eden. It had to be able to continue right? It's not just a one-time thing. We eat the fruit off of it for that year or maybe a few years after, and then it's gone and we have no way to reproduce. See, God knew we needed a way to reproduce. So he gave seed-bearing plant. In fact, he even gave animals a seed. He gives man seed. So even man reproduces by seed, so everything that has life gets reproduced through seed. Now, this is very important because everything that we want to multiply has to do with seed. So seed is actually, how many have, have seen uh, by, by uh, YouTube or, or some other video where, where they have like the time lapse and you can see the seed from the time that it's, it's watered or nurtured or kept uh, somewhere. And then all of a sudden, you know, over the days, they keep a camera over it, but the, the time lapses fast. And so you're getting to see the seed, and then you get to see the, the plant grow and all of that. And it's absolutely amazing to watch this very little seed become a plant. And then the plant, if it's, if it's a fruit plant or a, a vegetable plant, then it produces fruits or vegetables. And in that fruit or vegetables, has what? More seed. So the process can continue over and over and over, and the cycle continues. See, we're not to take on the, the fruit and just eat it and then throw, ditch the seed or get rid of it and say, uh, there's no use for that. Not everything is, is to be eaten. Some things are still for seed that needs to be replanted. Well, God, in the, in the time of... Um, when he sent Jesus Christ, he, it says God so loved the world, right? That he gave. He gave his only son. This was seed. Why? Because man had strayed from God. Man had trusted in his own way instead of trusting in God's way. So God had to find a way for him to reconcile man back to him. So he plants a seed. He plants the seed of his son, Jesus Christ. He plants the seed so what? So we, he could have a family. He plants Jesus, and Jesus gives his life so that the family of God could come back to their father, their creator. But then that was for salvation. That was to bring in the family of God. But then what did he do? He said to wait. Jesus came and told them after he rose from the dead, and he said, go into the, the upper room in Jerusalem and wait. Tarry there until something greater comes, which is the Holy Spirit. What was this Holy Spirit? The the Holy Spirit came on the day of Pentecost, the very same day that they celebrate uh, Pentecost in the Old Testament. They were celebrating continually over the years Pentecost. Well, on Pentecost Sunday or Pentecost Day, the Holy Spirit comes and comes upon the people, the disciples in the upper room, the 120 that decided we're going to wait this thing out. We're going to get this promise that he talked about. And they waited it out and they prayed and they were in unity. And as that happened, the favor of God, the Holy Spirit came upon them to give them power to become witnesses to the uttermost parts of the earth. Now, what was that for? That was another seed. So he sowed the seed of Jesus Christ to redeem and bring back a family, to bring back a harvest of people. But he sowed the Holy Spirit so that the works could multiply on the earth. Isn't that awesome that the Holy Spirit, he said, you shall be my witnesses. The power will come upon you and you will be my witnesses to the uttermost parts of the earth. So the power was for us to multiply the things of heaven. The very things that existed in heaven, just what Jesus did on earth, that's what we're supposed to do here on earth. 
Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So he was sowing the Holy Spirit. He was giving the Holy Spirit. See, when Jesus was here, the Holy Spirit was in Jesus, but it wasn't upon everyone else. It wasn't living on the inside of everyone else. That was only done after Jesus rose again. He went and sat at the right hand of the Father, and then the Holy Spirit was poured out. Then we become the temple of the Holy Spirit. We become the very works of God on earth. So he was sowing a seed. Well, what does that have to do with, with our daily lives? Because if our daily lives are going to be the way God wants it to be, we got to sow seed. Just like we've talked a lot about what we speak. God spoke and created, we speak and created. That's the creative power that he gives us with our tongue. But he also, as he plants seed, we are to plant seed. Now, this isn't all about financial this morning. I know it probably sounds like it, but it, it's not. Not every seed is a financial seed. There are financial seeds, but then there are other seeds too. So as I'm speaking this morning, I want you to begin to open your mind to things that what seed does God want me to sow in my life? Because that's the very reason we have the Holy Spirit. It's the very reason why he's called us is to continue the works of Jesus Christ here on earth. We are to multiply. In fact, Genesis 2 or Genesis 8.22, he tells us right after Noah uh, gets off of the ark and he gives a sacrifice and he tells Noah, as long as the earth remains or as long as the earth endures what is there going to be seed time and harvest and it shall never cease seed time and harvest well what does that mean yes in the physical that means yes you go out and you plant something you see something come up but he wasn't just talking in the physical god gives us physical things to point to spiritual things so he's also talking in the spiritual, that there is seed time and harvest, that when we sow in the spiritual, then there is a spiritual harvest. Things can get unlocked in the spiritual where we may have been battling for a long time. We may have been battling things and just, man, why am I just working at this and, and trying hard at this and, and it's just not breaking through? Or why am I just, this seems to be a, a constant in my life or a continual in my life and it's not breaking through. But God says that seed time and harvest will always exist as long as the earth endures. So this is another weapon we can use. Seed time and harvest. Our miracle can be tied to a seed. Seed time and harvest, which is also the same thing as giving and receiving. Giving and receiving. Now, I'll probably uh, get into a little bit more on that later because I don't have time to go uh, into all of it today. But uh, go ahead and turn to uh, Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5, verse 1. It says, One day as Jesus was standing by the lake, of Genesaret with the people crowding around him and listening to the word of God, he saw at the water's edge two boats left there by the fishermen who were washing their nets. He got into one of the boats, the one belonging to Simon, and asked him to put out from the shore a little more. Then he sat down and taught the people from the boat. So understand, they've been fishing. Okay, and, and they're cleaning their nets. When you clean your nets, you're done for the day. You're cleaning stuff up. You're getting everything packed back up. So they're done for the night because you'll see it says that here in a little bit. Uh, verse 5, no, sorry, verse 4. When he finished speaking, he said to Simon, put it out into the deep water and let down the nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we have worked hard all night and haven't caught anything. But because you say so, because you say so, I will let down the nets. So they had been fishing all 
night. If you can imagine fishing all night and not catch anything. Now, it's one thing if, if you've been out there fishing all night and, and you're just doing it for a leisurely activity and just hoping to get a catch, that's frustrating enough. But when it's your business and your livelihood and it's the way you make money, and it's the way you feed your family, this becomes even more of a frustration. So they've been fishing all night long, and then there's no catch, nothing. Nothing has come in. But Jesus says, go out into the deep, Peter. We're going to get something. Go out into the deep. Now, Peter, he could have said, you know what, Jesus, I ain't doing it. I just packed up the nets. I just washed everything. I, just, I mean, think about it. When you've been working hard all night and you pack everything up, everything's back in the totes, everything's crated, you don't want to have to drag everything back out again. It's like, you know, everything was loaded on the truck already, you know? And, and Jesus is like, Peter, get the net. Come on, we're going back out. Peter's like, man, master, we've been at it hard all night long. All night long. Don't you understand, like, how frustrating that is? And, and now you're saying, let's go back out? I mean, do you not think that we, not, we don't know how to fish? I mean, these are professionals. They're, they do this for, for a, a livelihood. They do it for their business. They're not doing it for fun. They're not doing it as a weekend hobby. They're doing it as a business. They know how to fish. And he's saying, Jesus, we've been at it all night. But because you say so. Because you say so, we'll go back out again. You know, when the word of God, when we read the word of God, and it says that he says so, that's how quick we should be to do what it says. Instead of sitting there going, yeah, that's a nice suggestion, but uh, uh, I don't think I'm going to. Yeah, I know it says that, but I don't think God understands my situation. You know, we have a tendency to do that. And, and the thing is, Peter said, but because you say so, because you say so, Lord, I'm going to do it again. Because you say so, I'm going to, I'm going to treat this time differently. Because you say so, I'm going to go back out. So verse 6, when they had done so, they caught such a large number of fish that their nets began to break. They signaled their partners in the other boat to come and help them, and they came and filled both boats so full that they began to sink. Can you imagine that catch? I mean, I, that had to have been more than what they had ever caught. So full, the nets are breaking, the boats are sinking. Net breaking, boat sinking load of fish. That's what Jesus carries. When he says do it, that's what we can expect. We can expect a net-breaking, boat-sinking miracle in our life. That's what he wants us to expect. But the problem is sometimes we're so lackadaisy on what we're doing. We're not expecting. Or we just try it once and we don't stay, stay consistent. But God says to be consistent. God says to be faithful. God says to keep at it. I know it looks like this right now, but don't depend upon that. I'm coming through. Stay consistent. Expect the harvest. Expect the miracle. Because why? Because I see say so because I say so so he goes on they pull this load in verse 8 when Simon Peter saw this he fell at Jesus's knees and or yeah Jesus's knees and said go away from me Lord I am an, I'm a sinful man for he and all his companions were astonished at the catch of the fish that they had taken in and so were James and John and the sons of Zebedee Simon's partners then Jesus said to Simon don't be afraid from now on you will catch men so they pulled their boats up on the shore and left everything and followed him. Now, the point I want to make this morning is Peter sowed a seed. The seed was the fact that he's got everything loaded up. He's probably done. He's put in well over eight hours probably. He's ready to go home. But he goes ahead and, and takes Jesus out on the boat. Think about it. He's frustrated. He's tired. He's done for the night. He's loaded up. He's packed. And Jesus says, let me use your boat. And Peter gives him this boat. Peter sows the seed. Peter 
puts aside the frustration. He puts aside the fact that, you know, this, this, I'm just, I'm done. It was a bad night. You know, uh, I'll, I'll try again tonight or tomorrow, whatever. But in, he puts that aside and he says, this guy needs my boat. I'm going to sow this seed. This seed became the, the seed to his harvest. This seed became the very thing that brought in the miraculous catch. Now, the thing is, Peter had to come to a point where he was obedient and listened to the voice of Jesus where he said, throw in the net. Let's go out. We're going out for another catch. We're going out one more time, and you're going to throw in, and we're going to catch fish. Now, Peter could have argued with that. But he didn't. So not only did he sow the seed, but he also had to expect when Jesus said to go out and cast your net. He couldn't fight with him. He couldn't, you know, argue with Jesus and say, well, I'm not going to do that. But he had to be obedient and listen. So he sows the seed, and the seed became his harvest. The very seed that he planted brought in so much fish that I'm sure it was the best catch they've ever had. So when we listen and we sow seed, it's just like the boy with the, the, the uh, fish and the, the loaves of bread. You know, the two fish and the five loaves of bread? What did Jesus do? He made it multiply. He took it. He's asking the disciples first. He said, hey, how are we going to feed these people? Because he was testing them. And they're like, uh, <laughs> Jesus, why don't you just, let, just pray, wrap it up, say God bless you, go home, and they can go find their own meals. And Jesus said, eh, wrong answer. What do we got here? And, and there is a boy there with two fish and five loaves of bread. And they're like, this is all we got. Jesus says, good enough. Bring it here. And so he, he brings the, the loaves. He brings the fish. Seed. This boy just sowed seed. It looks too small, but he just sowed seed. He just brought seed there, you know, and, and he's thinking it's his lunch, but it became everybody's meal. And so Jesus takes it, and he does something with that. He thanks God for it. Don't ever forget to thank God for this seed that you have, which is another point, too. Many times we're just doing things out of, out of uh, tradition or out of obedience, yes, but don't forget to thank God for that seed. You have to attach your faith to it. That's what Jesus was doing. He took it. He, gra he grabbed a hold of it. Thank you, Father, that you have given us this seed. Thank you for this, this lunch today that you're providing for everyone. We thank you, Lord. He was praying an expectant prayer before it ever happened. There have been times in Hana, and some of you remember, where you were at our house, and, and it was Sunday evening, and, and we had everybody over, and we wondered at times, is there enough? Is there enough for the 25 people that are here? And because, I mean, you're feeding Hawaiians, you know? That's different from feeding Halley folk. So you got, you got Hawaiians there eating, and, well, I don't know. We'll, we'll pray over it, and we're, we're believing that it's going to multiply. And it did. It, there was always enough, wasn't there? Always enough. Always. Nobody ever left hungry that I know of. <laughs> but, well, they must, have, they, they must not have been because there was always leftovers. And that's the thing. There was leftovers. He not only provided for the crowd, but what did they do? They went home with more than what they came with. The boy ends up with a harvest himself. Not only did it feed everybody else, but he went home with a harvest. And so he goes home with more fish, more bread than what he had come with. Can you imagine when he gets home and mom is there and she's going, Johnny, I thought I only gave you two fish and five loaves of bread this morning. How did you get all these 12 basketfuls? What are you bringing home? How did you make this happen? Well, there was this man, and, and he thanked God for it. And everybody, mom, there was like 10,000 people there. And I'm sure mom was like, uh, mom was probably there. But the thing is, miracle seed, miracle seed. Now, the one thing that I want you to note, because here's, here's the thing. With those, with those things that we've been believing for for a long time, and we, we tend to like, why isn't it breaking through? Why isn't something happening here? Now, a farmer can go out, and he can till the ground. He can get rid of all the, I mean, tilling can be, you know, a, a laborious work if, if, if it's new ground. 
because you got to get all the sod out. You got to get all the, the, the grass clumps out, all the rock out. So you're tilling the ground and, and you're going through, you're tilling it. The farmer can go out, he can water it. He can clear rocks. He can stand there and say, this is going to be the best garden ever. He can put the electric fence around it to keep the deer out. He can do all of these things, but if he never plants a seed, he ain't going to get nothing. Nothing. If he never plants a seed. You're not even giving anything for God to multiply. Because if you, if you plant nothing, well, nothing times nothing is nothing. So you're not giving God anything to work with. Seed always has to be present in order for there to be a, a multiplying factor. Otherwise, there's nothing to work with. What is the seed that you need to attach this morning to, to these prayer points? to the things that you're writing down. Because he, I believe that God will give you the answer of what you need to do. You know, I was looking the last couple of days over things that I had been writing down. And as I was writing them down, some of them, I thought, well, you know, that's more of a, a Brad and I thing, so we need to talk about that together. So I left it blank. But then there were others that were more personal that I thought immediately something came to my spirit. I need to do this. I need to do that. I was uh, listening to um, Pastor uh, Austin Lingerfell in uh, Texas, and he was saying that one time that he was trying to get a car paid off, and he was like, Lord, why is this thing? I'm not, I'm not getting the funds in to get this car paid off. And he said, the Lord had been dealing with me on paying extra on the car. And he's like, eh, you know, I just I don't want to. I, I want that extra to be able to do other things with. And I don't want to pay extra. You know, I'm paying enough every month on that thing. I don't want to pay extra on that thing. And, and the Lord kept dealing with him, and the car wasn't getting paid off, and it was just, you know, the minimum payment, da-da-da-da-da, and it just kept carrying on. Lord, why isn't the money coming in for this thing to get paid off? Finally, he listened and was obedient. So he upped what he was paying every month. And you might think, okay, well, then he gets the thing paid off a little bit earlier. No, he said, then the funds came in. Because I was obedient to what, see, your seed isn't always what you think it's going to be. Sometimes you need to ask God, what's my seed for this miracle thing right here? Because then the funds came in for him to pay that thing off. But he had to be obedient in what God told him to do. So what is God telling you? Sometimes our thing might be held up because we're not doing what God told us to do in an area. And we're not uh, sowing seed into that thing or into that area. And it's not always uh, seed that you think it's going to be sometimes. Sometimes it's that very thing that you're resisting, and you're like, I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. What's that have to do with that? What does that thing right here that you're asking me to do, God, have to do with this problem over here? Sometimes it doesn't even really look like it matches, you know? But God is saying, listen to what I'm telling you. Your breakthrough is in obedience. If you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. You must be willing and obedient. Not just willing, not just obedient, but willing and obedient. And I preached a sermon on that a couple of months ago, so I can't get into all of that this morning. But willing and obedient, and then you will eat the good of the land. So the farmer must be willing and obedient. He must plant the seed or nothing's going to happen. He can stand out here, there and cheer it on. He can water it as much as he wants. But if there is no seed in the ground, there's no seed to grow from the watering. We can confess. We can speak over it we can we can say the scriptures left and right but if there's no seed in the ground then it's not getting watered and it's the water water is important with which water in the bible represents the word of god because it, it says in the bible the washing of the water of the word so the water is referred to as the word of God. And yes, we can say the word of God over our seed because the water is what softens the hull of the seed. Because the seed, the outside of the seed is the hull. It's the, the hard part. It has to have moisture to soften it up so that that plant can, in the roots, and the, the, the plant can begin to break through. As that breaks through, then it can grow and it brings life. Seeds are amazing things. They're so small. Turn to, turn to 1 Corinthians. I want to read this uh, to you. 1 Corinthians 15. 
You know what? I'm gonna read I'm gonna read this to you out of a different version. And this is you might just want to listen to it because this is this is out of the message Bible. And I used to give the message Bible a hard time because I was being narrow minded. But I've been reading it more. Uh not like on a regular basis. <laughs> Brad knows. I used to I used to be like Message Bible. <laughs> but the thing is, there are some translations. Let me tell you, let me explain this to you real quick. There are some translations that are like word for word. Okay? It, it's, it's broken down more word for word. Then there are some translations that are translated into context, so you understand it in like layman's terms. For instance, when we went to, uh, we sold one of our homes on land contract. Well, when we went and sat in with the lawyer at the table, he's got us and he's got the people that are buying across the table. He's going through the paperwork and he's reading things and, and a lot of it sounds like gibberish because it's lawyer talk. And so he's reading certain parts to us and we're like, mm-hmm. And he's like, so let me explain what this means. And then he would use like normal language to explain it. So it's like you can hear something but not get it in its context. You can hear all the words but it feels very jumbled in your head and you're like well I don't understand what all that means but it can be word for word lawyer talk but the thing is sometimes we need something broken down into context and then all of a sudden it's like oh that makes sense I get that I get I understand that now so I want to read this because it it had it shed like a whole new light on it to me first Corinthians 15 verse um I'm going to start at 35. It says, some skeptic is sure to ask, show me how resurrection works. Give me a diagram. Draw me a picture. What does this resurrection body look like? If you look at this question closely, you realize how absurd it is. There are no diagrams for this kind of thing. We do have a parallel experience in gardening. You plant a dead seed Soon, there is a flourishing plant. There is no visual likeness between seed and plant. You could never guess what a tomato would look like by looking at a tomato seed. When we plant in the soil and what grows out of it does not look like anything. The dead body that we bury in the ground and the resurrection body that comes from it dr is dramatically different. So what he's saying here, he said, you can sow a seed, but it does not look anything like the plant or the fruit. You can sow a seed. That seed, if you've never seen the tomato uh, fruit or the plant, you can look at that seed as tiny as it is and, and look at that and say, oh, yeah, I can imagine that this, this nice Luscious red fruit comes from this seed. No, you have no idea if you've never seen it. You have no idea what the body is going to look like because it doesn't even look the same. And that's why I'm saying sometimes God's going to ask you to do things that in your mind don't line up with the harvest because you're like, I got, I got to plant this seed and what's this got to do with this over here that I'm believing for? Do you know one time that <laughs> we were... We were believing for a marriage to be restored. This was years ago, years and years ago. We were believing for a marriage to be restored. This was uh, early on in our marriage. We were probably married about three years, something like that. And the, there was a couple in our life, and, and their marriage hit rock bottom. And we were praying for them, and it was just like nothing was breaking through, nothing. I mean, it was, it was tough. And one morning, I, I felt like I was on my way to go into the daycare uh, to, to work that day, and I just felt like the Lord told me so. It was pretty much everything we had in our savings account at the time. It was $750. So $750, I think we had like 800 I mean, there wasn't much left in there at all. So $750 to another couple, a specific couple that was working for me. Now, they weren't the ones with the marriage problem. And I'm not sitting here saying that this is a formula. I'm explaining to you that how is sewing in this couple going to help this couple over here? And sewing over here wasn't going to matter because their issues were not financial. 
It wasn't like that was going to solve their problem. So it wasn't like in the mind a financial seed is really the remedy to any of this. So in my mind, I could have sat there and talked myself out of it because it didn't make sense. But I felt like that's what the Lord told us to do. And this had to be totally supernatural because if any of you are married, you know that when things are rocky and things are hard, no sowing a seed into someone else's life is going to solve any kind of problem in a marriage that has to do with with bitterness or any kind of ugly in a marriage. Like you all know that. So this has nothing to do with believing that this seed itself is going to solve the problem, it, was, it became supernatural at this point. So we sowed this seed into the couple. And then it was within a short amount of time, it was within a month or two, that things begin to turn. Things begin to shift in this marriage and is restored. Now, that has everything to do with the scripture that I'm going to just keep going down. Uh, I'm going to skip. To verse 40. 42. It says the Im- this image of planting a dead seed. And raising a live plant. Is a mere sketch at best. But, but, but perhaps it will help. In approaching the mystery of the resurrection body. But only if you keep in mind. That when we're raised, we're raised for good, alive forever. The corpse that's planted is no beauty, but when it's raised, it's glorious. Put in the ground weak, and it comes up powerful. The seed sowing, here's what I want you to get. The seed sowing is natural. The seed growing is supernatural. The seed sowing is natural. The seed growing is supernatural. It makes no sense. You take a a seed, put it in the ground, and up comes this plant, and then from this plant comes fruit, and from the fruit comes more seed. It becomes a supernatural thing. Even the things that you sow into other people's lives. Many of you are here today because we've sown into your life. Many of, of you are here today, and you're strong in your faith because of seed that has been sown. So not all seed looks the same. Seed can be what you sow into people's life. Seed can be financial. Seed can be an attitude, like a good attitude. Seed or a bad attitude, that can also be a, a bad seed there. But seed can, be, can take a variety of different forms. Seed can be anything that God tells you on, in your heart to do. Seed can look different, and it doesn't always have the same body. It is sown in the natural, but you reap supernaturally. You sow in the natural, and you reap in the supernatural. Same seed, same body, but what a difference from when it goes down in the physical mortality to when it is raised in spiritual immortality. Hallelujah. And then it says in verse 45, we follow this sequence in scripture. The first Adam received life. The last Adam is a life-giving spirit. The first Adam received life. He, he, He didn't make himself alive. God gave him life. God gave Adam life. He breathed in him and gave him life. But the second Adam is a life-giving spirit. So when we sow seed what we're doing is, is we're planting something that's pretty much dead because we're, 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 we're taking something that's precious to us. Seed has to be precious. That precious thing gets put in the ground, and then a supernatural harvest comes from it. It has very much to do with your love for God, very much to do with faith. This is the faith walk. Now, you can say, it like in James, where it says faith without works is what? Dead. Well, you could use that and say faith without seed. Because really, your works are seed. That's what your works are. I'm just, I'm just phrasing it a little bit different. But your works are seed. Your seed, though, must get attached to faith. So instead of just sowing, just to sow, Like a farmer, if he just goes out and scatters some seed but never comes back and looks for it, 
That would be crazy. You would say, what is wrong with that farmer? He went out. He sowed his seed. The weeds are now coming up. His crop's coming up, but it looks kind of a mess. He's not taking care of it. He's not coming and looking at He doesn't even come out every day and check on it. Why, why is this farmer just leaving it? That would be crazy for a farmer to do that. But God tells us, if you sow a seed, expect. Like a farmer, if he goes out and he sows seed, do you think that farmer is going to come out and check it? Yeah. He's, he's going to come out and he's going to check every day, every other day. He's going to look and see the growth. He's going to come out and see how much has grown today. What do we got today? How much is, has it sprouted through the ground? Has it come up yet? Is it starting to bear fruit? Oh, look, the blossoms are on. We're getting blossoms. We're going to have fruit. This is going to be a good, a good fruit tree, a good fruit plant, a good vegetable plant. He's coming and he's looking. He didn't say, oh, I, I, yeah, I just went out and tilled and sowed and watered, but I'm not expecting anything. You'd be like, you're Lolo. So when we sow seed, what is God asking you to sow for the specific things that you've written down? Take the thing that you've written down and ask God, God, what is it you want me to sow? It could look different for every person. It could look different for everything. Because the very thing that Jesus did, he asked some, he said, I want you to give up money. Then there were some, he said, I want you to give up your inheritance. Do you know that there was a guy that came to him and said, Jesus, tell my brother to you know, go to him and deal with um, him on, on our, our inheritance because he's not giving me my portion of the inheritance. And, and Jesus was pretty much like, I'm not your judge. I'm not the one over your issues. And the thing is, this guy, was he making the relationship more important or was he making his inheritance more important? So in this situation... Jesus was dealing with him on what was tied to his heart. But in another situation, he's saying people that wanted to follow him, he was saying foxes have, have holes, birds have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. So what was he saying to them? You know, I, I don't have a consistent place to go home and lay my head to. You know, people can make these things religious philosophies and, and be like, see, this is what Jesus said. I believe he was saying it to him because this is what was important to him. He was saying, this is what you're going to have to sacrifice. This is what you're going to have to give up. This is the thing that's tied to your heart. What did he say to the rich man? Give up all you have and then follow me. He's like, he went away because he, he wouldn't do it. Sometimes the very thing that God's pressing on your heart is the key to your breakthrough. But we have to be sensitive and realize that. Otherwise, we just think it's like there's nothing on the other end of the line. That, that There's nothing to look forward to, that I'm just giving this thing up, that God's just asking me to do this, but, you know, it's not a big deal if I don't. Really, on the other end, it is a big deal. But you may not always understand what's attached to it until you spend time with him and you ask him, God, what do you want me to do about this situation? I'm going to sow seed for this. I'm going to sow precious seed. I'm going to sow something that means something to me. Because, see, the seed is the thing that you could eat. The seed also becomes, because that's what they would grind up into flour. Seed for the sower, bread for the eater. But the thing is, some people want to eat all their seed, and then there's nothing left to sow. Not every seed is bread. Some seed is to sow. So you've got to ask God, what am I supposed to sow? When I sow, then I go and I expect. When I sow, I go and expect. Well, Should I be expecting from God? Yes. His word says that we are to, he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. When we're doing this, what we're doing is we are being intentional about what the word of God says. We're being intentional about taking what the word of God actually says and says, Jesus, because you say so, because you say so, I'm going to do this. And then there's a harvest. Well, if Peter really didn't expect anything, he probably would have said, Jesus, we've done this all night. I'm not doing this more. But he expected a harvest. He expected a harvest. So what is your seed today? What do you need to sow? Because, you know, even in the, even in the word of God, it says it's more blessed to what? 
give than to receive. Why? Because when you give, what you're doing is setting yourself up for the harvest. If we are all the time just receiving, well, what does that mean? That means you're living off of somebody else's harvest. You see? You're not getting the harvest. You're just living off of the, the seed that someone else sowed, and they got overflow, and they're sharing some of that with you. But if you sow seed, it's like teaching the man to fish instead of just handing him the fish. Then he can fish for the rest of his life. It's the same thing. It's like if you learn to sow the seed, then you can get the harvest all your life. You can tap into a key that will bring you into breakthrough. It will bring you into a harvest in your life. Be intentional. You know, even at the beginning of, of the year, that's what I felt like my, my word, that, that God wanted me to be intentional. Be intentional with your time. Be intentional about what you're doing. Be intentional with your goals. Be intentional with your life. And I feel like that's the, the one thing that has kind of been ringing true to, to me every time I turn around. Be intentional. Be intentional. Be intentional. You know, it's like if I, if I want to have a, a healthy body, what do I got to do? I got to sow seed. Well, what is that seed? Does that mean that I, I'm putting money in the offering plate and, and going, hallelujah, I'm going to get the body I want? No, I got I to gotta exercise. That's the seed. <laughs> That's, that's physical terms, right? It's the same thing, like putting, putting the, the seed in the ground, expecting the fruit. Well, if I'm, if I'm going to get a, a better, get in better shape, then I've got to plant the seed, and the seed is working out. I got to go sweat. I got to go, you know, run. I got to exercise. I got to take care of this thing. Is it fun? No, but you got to plant the seed in order to get the results. So that's one of the things. I've been intentional about that this year. So with me, it's been intentional, intentional. That's what I feel like God's been telling me. Be intentional about what you're doing. Plant the seed. What's the seed for you? If it's seed in your marriage, well, then you might need to plant seed. It's not all financial. Some seed is financial, but some is do this in your marriage. Show this in your marriage, and then you'll reap a better uh, relationship. Some, it, it may be completely different. It might be financial things that you're looking for a breakthrough, and you might need to plant financial seed, but some, it might be your health. You might have to plant uh, seeds of, of health in your life. You might, in fact, but that can come in, in a variety of different ways. Because you could be, the Bible says that laughter is like good medicine to the bones. Well, maybe the Lord's been talking to you about laughing more and being more joyful, even through uh, what feels like depression. And maybe that's your seed. Maybe your seed is confessing the word because maybe he's trying to bring you into a place where you're confessing the word of God over your situation and you know, like that's been very, uh, that's ringing strong with you in your spirit. So you know that that's the thing that you need to do. What is it God is asking you to do? And of course, Galatians 6, wrapping it up, Galatians 6, I'm going to finish up with this scripture. Verse 7, it says, do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps whatsoever he sows. Whatsoever he sows. So whatsoever are you sowing? Ask, ask yourself, whatsoever am I sowing right now? For the one who sows to please his sinful nature, from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. Same thing. If we sow in the carnal nature, the things that we want to do carnally, you know, that's not going to reap anything but carnal stuff. But if we will sow in the spirit, if we listen to the Holy Spirit and sow what he tells us to sow, we're going to reap an eternal life, an eternal harvest. And that's going to be 10 times, 100 times better than a, a carnal harvest. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. So don't give up. Maybe some of these things you're already doing and you just need to attach a little more faith to it. Some of these things, you know, like even tithing and offering. Sometimes we can be doing that and, man, why, why is this not working? But maybe we've, we've quit attaching our faith to it instead of 
you know, don't don't allow the things of faith to get into just such a routine. Yes, be consistent, but don't allow it to be such a routine that you're not attaching your faith and you just kind of walked away and you aren't going and checking for your harvest because you could have a harvest and it, it walk right by and you don't even realize it. It could be growing, but you missed it. Or someone could be trying to give it to you and you say, oh, no, 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 that's okay, that's okay. So look for your harvest and then recognize it when it comes. Recognize it, but you got to look. You got to go out. Go out to your garden, look for your harvest. Sow the seed, water it, look for your harvest. Sow the seed, look for your harvest. Amen? So even over the next, uh, you know, just the afternoon or this week, really concentrate on, on the things that you're believing for. Ask God, God, what do you want me to sow in this specific situation? And I'm not saying everything is this way. Some things we, we pray for, and some things can be quick, and, and there isn't necessarily a seed that's sown. We just pray and things happen. But then there's some that, that it might need the extra in there. It might need, so, you know, so you might need to add some seed to that. And when you add the seed and you believe for your breakthrough and expect the harvest, you can't do this without the expectation. You must expect when you expect, then what are you doing? You're believing in faith. That's faith. Faith walks it out, but it's also looking for it. It's saying, it's coming. It's coming. Where is it at? It's coming, it's coming my way. I'm on the lookout for it. I'm watching. So spend some time this week on your prayer points and begin to apply seed to it. Now, the reason that we waited for the resurrection offering, because I don't know every, every person's situation, but maybe one of your things is, you know, you need to sow seed into the, into the sorry, the Pentecost uh, uh, offering. And that's something that maybe you're going to attach your faith to that on something financial. So I wanted to hold off on that before uh, you gave. And if that's something that you, you know, like I've been in this area with my finances and I, I, I want this to be my seed. This is the seed that I feel like I want to sow for this breakthrough in my life. Then you, you may already know that. Well, also, you have the opportunity tonight, Wednesday, and next Sunday to also uh, do that with the resurrection offering. But if that's something that you want to plant uh, today with the, the Pentecost, sorry, Pentecost offering, resurrection offering is a different one. Pentecost offering, then uh, you can get an envelope. Uh, the ushers can get that for you, and, and you can write Pentecost one there and, and whatever it is. But pray as you're giving it and say thank you, just like Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that, that you are multiplying this and that I am receiving my harvest, that this is coming back into my life. We're believing that as seed becomes dead in the ground, that it's raised up supernatural. Why is it dead? Because now it, it, you've released it. It's it no longer, it's, it's not attached to you anymore. It's dead. We die to flesh, but we're raised in the spirit. So Father, I pray today over your word. Lord, your word never comes back void. So I know, Lord, that you have given a principle of multiplication. You've given us the principle of giving and receiving of seed time and harvest. Lord, we rely on that in our life today, that every area that you have called us to live at in abundance, Father, I pray that you will open up our minds and our understanding to the seed that you've called us to sow, whether it's with uh, relationships or uh, marriage or our children or finances, whatever the area is that we're believing for i pray that you that you just bring clarity to every person's spirit today that you give them the seed that they're to sow and i pray for a supernatural faith to come alive on the inside of people that as they're sowing this lord that there is an expectancy and a joy that's why it says that we can sow and be joyful that we are joyful givers because we know that on the other end there's a 
harvest coming. So we thank you, Father, ahead of time for the harvest. I thank you, Lord, for turnaround. I thank you, Father, for breakthrough. I thank you, Lord, that as you are planting this on the minds and the hearts of people, that there is mighty, mighty miracles that begin to take place in every person's home according to this word that's been preached this morning. We thank you for it. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. We love you online, and we will see you. If you've listened today and you know that you haven't received uh, Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and you know that you need to do that, or if you have wandered away from him, and you know that you need to come back to him, and you need to make things right with him, then we want to pray with you today, and we want you to connect with us. We want you to, to respond to this message. Send us a message, whatever it may be, but let us know that you prayed this prayer so that we can uh, connect with you. But just say this prayer after me. Say, Dear Lord Jesus, I thank you for dying on the cross for me, taking away every sin. I ask that you come into my heart. Fill me with your love. Wash me clean. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Break every bondage off of my life. And make me new. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you, and we'll see you again later uh, tonight, 6 o'clock. And we love you.